Hello, everyone. I had to get on this. I don't even know if this is going to make it out to y'all. I know this message will make it out to y'all. Maybe not this particular recording, because I'm currently in a high-speed chase going down 85, blowing white lights on the north side. I think that's it. It's been a minute since I've heard that song. But, yeah, I'm currently doing that. But I just had to go ahead and get some of my saving Jimbo thoughts out there. First, let me start off by saying that I'm in favor of NIL deals. Completely in favor, not just in favor. I love the fact that these college student athletes can get their own bread now. Long overdue. Long overdue. Secondly, I want to say... Let me begin by this. So I think there's two areas, only two, where Saban went wrong. And uh, first area is singling out people. I don't think he should have singled anybody out, but I think the only one that deserved an apology was Hunter and Dion. Because Saban either read some message boards, saw the same episode of Around the Horn that I did, or listens to the Levitard show. Um, these are all a few different outlets who reported part of the reason Hunter going to Jackson State was because of a NIL deal between Barstool and himself, which, if you don't know, Barstool does have a partnership with Dion, or Dion's technically... I think I don't think Dion, how it's, the contract's laid out, I don't think he's necessarily a Barstool employee. Um, they might, might have had to re, rework that after him getting a coach job, but he has a partnership with, with Barstool. He has a show, or used to have a show with Barstool, but Barstool and Dion really started trending over the summer when... Uh, Barstool was doing an awesome job of uh, recording a bunch of uh, or pretty much all their spring summer workouts, pretty much day in the life of Jackson State football and this road to the glory. Anyways, a lot of these media outlets were just hot, mad, jealous, and so they were just reporting that as uh, true. So somewhere saving, that's, that's how saving got out. Colin Dion he should have been singling out people in the first place, but that's where I do think, especially he was wrong in singling those two out. I don't have a problem with him singling Jim, Jimbo Fisher out because Jimbo Fisher's a clown, and Jimbo Fisher is one of those type of dudes. You can say some really messed up stuff to him, but he's gonna come back and just make make it worse for himself. People will have sympathy for Jimbo, and I think a lot of people did, even though Saban, they don't think Saban was lying. But it was like, oh, poor Jimbo being singled out like that. And then Jimbo comes out <laughs> and just throws nukes. I loved it. I absolutely love it. SEC Media Day is going to be uh, a must-get ticket, a must-see show. I'm going to be glued to it. So, I, yeah, I don't have a problem with that, whatever. But what was the second part? I, I said this was two parts. So one, you should have singled people out. Oh, two. And this is one of the most important parts and pieces of this podcast that I'm going to keep referencing back to um, multiple times. But 
one of the things Nick Saban was talking about in that 10 minute video that a lot of people didn't even probably bother to watch. They just watched some headlines, watched a few clips and think of the full context. But one of the things that Saban was talking about was it's not a sustainable model of what some of these colleges are doing like Texas A&M, where they've taken advantage of the NIL deal and these loopholes, since which there really are no loopholes because there are no rules, which there are NCAA rules, but laws can't even, um, laws prevent the NCAA from enforcing these rules anyways, where these boosters are setting up these shell companies and pretty much paying out these players from their own pockets under LLC, you know, under the guise of, oh, it's a business doing an endorsement deal. Saban's saying that's not sustainable and it lacks parity in college football because not everybody has Texas A&M money. In fact, Texas A&M is probably one of the only ones that has Texas A&M money booster-wise. I know Alabama doesn't. Alabama doesn't have that. USC does, and some of these other colleges. Anyway, so, and part of it, too, is there's some suspicion and whether they're getting paid before they're actually inking, signing the dotted line on their letter of intent to go to college. They're getting, they're at least getting offered by the Shell LLC companies up front. Hey, you signed with us. This is the guaranteed money you're going to get. Saban's claiming... He's not doing that at Alabama. And some of these other colleges are claiming that as well. Kirby Smart at Georgia is one of them. Um, and one who has modeled his program just after the one um, from his mentor, the one he's been at for forever, Alabama. Anyways, Dabo's doing that too. A bunch of these other uh, colleges are claiming, hey, look, we're, we're all for NIL deals. We're all for our players getting and earning money through these endorsements and other avenues, but we can't, I thought we weren't going to be using this to recruit people. We weren't just going to be lining, getting our boosters to come up here and openly line these recruits pockets. So yeah, who knows? And I think there's already been a couple of things where like some players have take, did take money before signing a deal and then they swapped but they, I mean, they, they don't have to give that money back because they can't, they didn't sign a contract. I mean, these boosters are making mistakes. So what, one of the things taken out of context in what Saban was talking about was he's kind of serving this as a warning. There was, look, the whole message was multifold, okay? It was trifold. It was, it wasn't bifold. I can tell you that. Could have been quadfold, sexfold, however, whatever fold you want to say. One of the reasons is he's serving a warning to his boosters. Hey, I don't want to see you guys doing this because you know what? If you do it, this is probably what's going to happen. You're going to give a dude a million dollars, $500,000. You're going to come in strutting into Brian Denny, uh, their freshman year or that next season and telling all your friends and trying to show how cool and how high and mighty you are. You're like, oh, look, look, you see number 21? You see him? I helped get him here. He wouldn't be here if it wasn't me. $500,000, great investment, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, you're halfway through the season. Number 21 isn't quite as what you turn, thought he'd turn out to be. You thought this four or five-star recruit was going to make an impact freshman year. Well, then you get, you say, okay, well, sophomore season comes around. Well, he's not happy with freshman season because he thought he was going to get playing time, so he's going to transfer him to a booster, has lost 
500,000, uh, $1 million, whatever in that investment. They can't, they're not getting that money back. So he's kind of serving a warning like, hey, y'all don't even be doing this out here. It's really just going to make y'all mad. And y'all are going to think y'all can puppet control me and making, you know, oh, I pay for this player. You better play his ass. Like, look, Nick Saban runs that and he's just telling y'all up front, I don't give a how much money y'all want to put into these players. I want to play who the I want to play. So y'all off. Anyways, moving on. Time stamp that, mark that. I got to bleep those or at least cut that whole thing out. So the second fold... Part two, second fold as to why Saban was in the wrong. So I said, number one was singling people out. Number two, I said all that to lead up to this point. Nick Saban built the sustainable model. Okay, so I, I kind of don't know why he's complaining about it. But even though I'm going to dive into that and just giving you one of the reasons why, why he may have been complaining about it in that whole little conference thing is because he was serving a warning to his boosters saying, hey, don't do that. Because he can't control what they do at the end of the day. He can't prevent them from giving these players money. But Nick Saban has built the sustainable model. He's a hard recruiter and he's a piggy recruiter. And the guys who end up coming to Alabama and succeeding at Alabama are the guys who are usually of high character and have hard work ethics and they have goals. And they have those set goals and they know what to do and how to reach those goals. Or they at least have the hunger to want to learn what are the steps to take in order to achieve these goals. All part of the Nick Saban process. So that's why you get those workhorses in there, like the Julio Jones. From day one, Julio Jones, Dante Hightower, all these guys uh, on up to Najee Harris, bro. Like, So if we're getting, if he's thinking Texas A&M is just getting these guys just because they have the best money, and I'm going to say, too, that's another part where he's wrong and probably shouldn't uh, single them out because, you know, not – not everybody at Texas A&M, I'm sure some of those guys did get the biggest bag offer and probably did get some edged around the rules deals that shouldn't have been going on. I'm not saying these guys are low character at all. I don't want that uh, to come come across that way. It's a possibility, of course, but there's circumstances and maybe these guys want to uh, set, make their own footprint in a football program that has tradition. Mainly in, you know, being trailblazers for male cheerleaders, I guess you could say. That's that's one tradition they have. And yelling and not being good and not having a lot of players and having to get a guy from the sidelines to come play for him. I think that's the 12th man thing to be the backup. I don't know. Anyways, um, yeah, so, look, Texas A&M College Station is kind of poopy, but... It's it's whatever. Like if they if that's what they want to do, that's what they can do. But if Saban believes he's getting the highest, you know, class guys, like I don't know. I think at the end of the day, he's built the sustainable model. His process usually weeds out what he would consider consider the low effort, um, low drive, low character guys. Uh, I mean, shoot, I, I don't even want to name names here, but there are two in particular that had big freshman years. Um, for Alabama, and this past season, they hardly saw the field at all, and now they're transferring. So, you know, like, Nick Saban has high demand. So I, he's got the sustainable model. One reason why he's mad about that, though, because – and one reason why he has a sustainable model, because he's had – he's built a program, a very reputable program, that churns out and is a machine for the NFL – 
he gets a lot of guys. Like he gets more guys than he needs most of the time. But that's where he's able to the guys weed themselves out, and he, the best ones remain. So now he's not going to have that depth. He's not going to have the uh, luck of the pot anymore. So maybe he's going to have to be a little less strenuous, a little less demanding. Maybe he's thinking it that way. So, hey, that's another fold. Another wrinkle in the forehead of Nick Saban and the reasons as to why he said what he said, did what he did, whatever. I know people are going to probably laugh out loud when I say this next part. And I totally get it. I totally get it. I'm not even saying that this doesn't happen. But let's go with me now. Follow me now. And let's think in our mind that Nick Saban is actually doing it the right way. It's actually ran an Alabama program that hasn't forked over money to get recruits to come play for them or done any of this uh, backdoor, backhand deal type stuff. And we see a lot of the, and we need to get things straight too. And I, maybe I'll put some clips in here so I don't have to go and repeat this. And, you know, y'all can hear it straight from the goat's mouth instead of me trying to paraphrase or summarize. Players get, players were getting money already before NIL deals. I don't know. I can't remember the two. That's why I got to put the clips in there. I can't remember the two specific things that he had referenced to, to where like these players were already making money. But look, I mean, the reason why a lot of these players could afford nice uh, cars and nice jewelry, clothes, things like that, and go on these vacations on spring breaks, is because these dudes are, are already taken care of when it comes to food, board, tuition, like these major D1 programs, like that, that, that all comes in a scholarship. And also what comes in the scholarship is a few thousand dollars a month. So where you're not having to pay utilities and bills and the only bills you got are your Netflix subscriptions and your Spotify premium and your OnlyFans. You can throw some money around. I just had to say that because people are like, oh, I see those chargers, blah, blah. Well, how about this? What if, what if, and this probably gets the rules too, but I'm telling you, Alabama isn't the only one. Even though they become synonymous with a charger dealership. I guarantee you, I know for a fact Alabama's not the only one who's giving these guys cars. Or, and what I think, a lot of these boosters are car dealership owners from the exact college town um, that they went to and currently still live in. And I know of some of them. Maybe they're giving them really good financing deals. Like, hey, buddy, I can set you up. Your first four years of college, you're getting this. How much? Of this three thousand dollars a month, I mean, it, if they're we're, we're really just gonna pay it full, they're you know at max. These Dodgers are probably paying eight hundred dollars a month on that. All right, so they still got twenty two, thirty two hundred dollars to spend each month. Anyway, so that might be against the rules, but I know it's so hard for people to think this. I'm just already pointing out the big things that have come out, but and also look too. We know Johnny Manziel is coming out has came out. After, you know, while being a pro, saying, yeah, Texas A&M gave me money. I know many, many. I mean, I can't even think of them right now. I'm sure I can just Google them. But we all know. We all know these current NFL stars or former, like, who have said straight up that they got paid. But you know what NFL star I don't know yet or haven't seen or former college alum player come out and say their school gave them money? It's Alabama. That's got to account for something, right? Yeah, you may not want to be a whistleblower. 
Why would you? Why would you want to tear down your own schools? And Nick Saban's made some enemies out of players, too. Not just in the NFL, but out of some of his uh, college players. And they called him some things. I never heard they got money, though. And you'd think since these NLL deals are, like, legal now, and the NCAA probably can't retroactively punish. I don't know. They, they may can. But, I mean, I think some of these Alabama players would say, say a little bit more freely about why they went to Alabama. Or that they got a bag. Or got, you know, that's something to chew on, isn't it? So let's say Saban was doing this the right way the whole time. And it's not even that hard to believe. It's not even that hard to believe. Saban's second year at Alabama, he went 10-2. and 10-2. and two. Got to the SEC championship. If they would have won, they would have gone to the national championship. Alabama's a story program. They already had nice facilities. They weren't Oregon facilities. But that's a, that's a program that is one of its cornerstones of reputation is football. That's a state where Alabama is the professional, is the NFL team. That's Nick Saban, who every person, coach, AD, assistant, player, whatever, will tell you all in unison that MFR recruits his ass off. Why would it be necessary for Nick Saban to literally spend half of his day 365 days a year talking to sophomores through seniors in high school, going on the road constantly, doing these events, flying in helicopters, landing on soccer fields in high schools. Why would he need to do that? He's got three different houses. He can go play golf at Augusta. If he just had a bunch of money and just gave it to these players to come, why they need to talk so much? The only dead people that can talk are presidents on dollar bills. You think Saban has something to say that's worth more than dead people who can talk? No. So actually, them doing it the right way or just the same way as anybody else, isn't that far-fetched. This is good stuff. I'm going to read it. I'm sorry if it's rattling in the background. And it's probably not going to be the best audio quality, but I'm feeling myself here. So let's say Saban's been doing it the right way. I have other evidence, too, that Saban does do it the right way. And I, I have evidence of a few schools for sure who don't do it the right way. For sure. For sure. Sources. I know. They don't do it the right way. Well, let's say Simmons done it the right way. Do you know how frustrating that is? That the guy became the GOAT for the reason because he not only preached the process, he followed the process himself. And nobody else in college football worked harder than Nick Saban ever. Ever. And that's his whole career. It's not just what Nick Saban's done at Alabama. What Alabama, what Nick Saban has done at Alabama is just fruition. He is just reaping what he has sown ever since probably his Kent State days as a DB there back in the 60s. So wouldn't you be a little mad? Wouldn't you feel a little cheated if you dedicated 50 years of your life to excellence and you're finally reaping all 
the hard work that you've been sewing, and now you got some bum named Jimbo who wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for you coming and taking all of your players because they're just throwing money at them. Because Nick knows damn well Jimbo doesn't work harder than Nick. And Nick knows damn well Jimbo ain't smarter than Nick. Nick apparently has a hell of respect for Jimbo too. That's another thing. I saw that on Twitter today. Somebody reported, and it was a legit journalist, sports reporter. He said, the craziest thing to me in all this is that if you talk to all of Saban's assistants, and in parentheses, which I have, he says, Jimbo had Nick's respect, the most of it, out of all of his assistants that he has or current or formerly had. So maybe, maybe Nick called Jimbo. He said, Jimbo! Jimbo, I taught you better than this. We don't hoe ourselves for players, Jimbo. We build programs that get players to hoe themselves out for us. That's what we do. We put in the time and the work and the dedication to build reputable programs. And we do it the right way, Jimbo. I thought I respected you. But you're just a bum, Jimbo. I have way more respect for Lane Kiffin now than I will ever have for you again, Jimbo. So that could be a possibility too. That could be a possibility. I think I, I, I think I just convinced myself that it is the only possibility. And I don't even want to go on with the other folds, the many folds I have to talk about because I think uh, there's nothing more to be said. There's nothing more to be said. Nick Saban is Jesus, Jimbo. That's the one thing you got right. Nick Saban is God. And Nick Saban does walk on water. And you know what he's going to do coming October 18th? Uh, yeah, it's going to be walking on a freaking 100-foot wave of a tide that's going to come down on your clown bum booty and, and drown it. It's going to drown the clown. That's the campaign, people. Drown the clown 2022. Jimbo is a hoe. So Jimbo's a hoe. And drown the clown, hashtag, hashtag it, people. Let's get that trending because Jimbo's hoeing himself out or he's allowing these boosters to hoe himself out. And you know what? Jimbo might get mad and call me a narcissist too. So let me do a little CYA here. I do want to say, I will say this one thing about Jimbo. Jimbo may not actually be lying when he says we're doing it the right way too. When he's claiming he's doing it the right way, Jimbo may not be lying because Jimbo may believe he, they're actually doing it the right way. Jimbo may have no idea what these boosters are doing. And that's another thing too is that uh, I think a lot of these colleges sometimes too do get in trouble or they draw the wrong attention to themselves. And some of these coaches are able to claim uh, ignorance. Because some of these boosters do go behind the coach's back. And it's better for, if I'm a booster and you want to get it done, you got to go behind the coach's back. Because if you if you tell the coach, look, you, you do now, ask for permission later, yeah. Don't, no, don't ask for permission. Yeah, just do it and then ask for forgiveness. It's better to do it now and ask for forgiveness later and to ask for permission and not do it at all. Yeah, yeah. So that could be very well. And two, you know what? I mean, but we know the LLCs. Like, I thought it was kind of a reported thing. And it's very obvious, too. You can go back and trace uh, at least a couple of players 
who have been committed to Alabama for a long time. And then when <laughs> Texas A&M just started chucking money at him. So they may have a couple of players uh, in mind too in that little frustration that he had. Yeah, Jimbo, the clown did himself in Colin saving a narcissist because like he just took a flame torch to it. And I'm, I'm glad he did it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love that there's bad blood now. Absolutely love it. Absolutely. And it's going to be great too. Because I'll give it to Jimbo. If they, if they win this fall, I'll give it to him. That's two times in a row, but that's going to be hard because it's going to be a lot of the same Alabama players, and all of them came in Nick Saban's favor on Twitter. And them boys, like, they're not – they were already seeking revenge from last year getting beat by them, not just getting beat by Texas A&M, but also being the team that allowed Nick Saban to get his first loss against a former assistant. But now there's bad blood. Drown the clown, hashtag Jimbo is a hoe. There's one more thing I wanted to say, I think. Yeah, but I totally get it, man. Nick Simmons should not have singled anybody out. But I get it, bro. I get it. I get it. I get it. I totally get it. And so I wish a lot of y'all would just go watch that 10-minute video. I think y'all would get it a little bit more, too. Because uh, I, hate, I hate the thing, too, that people... I think a lot of people are like, oh, Nick Saban's not happy. These guys are old school. They, they, they don't want them to have money. They want, they want to be slaves or something like that. And uh, no, that is not it at all. That is not it at all. Maybe some of them do. But I know Nick Saban and a lot of these coaches, um, they're fine with it. They're fine with it. But we just thought it wasn't going to encroach the recruitment process. We thought you were going to pick the school you thought was best fit. And, you know, get the deals from there. And also, too, now, like, a lot of these schools have collectives. Like, that's one thing Ar- Saban was arguing, too, is he was telling, look, boosters, not only just going up and handing these individual players, you know, money, telling them come here, whatever. Um, if you really want to support the players, then just give it to the, the collective fund that they have, which they split evenly amongst all the players. So that's what Saban was saying. Texting them should do something like that. I mean, that's still, you could put a cap on that, but uh, I think that would be best for Texas A&M too, if that, you know, if there were some rules were going to happen, because that means still Texas A&M still has a bigger collective. That I mean, they would still have more money in that pot to d- divide up among their players um, than Saban would. And also too, like these Texas A&M boosters and some of these other guys, they may, they may not sustain that either at all. They may have just gotten really excited and said, hey, we're just going for this one year. Maybe they just want one ring out of it. Maybe they're not even trying to build dynasties. Maybe they're like, hey, let's just all go in this, you know, one first couple of few years and just really blow it. And then maybe some of them think they'll just continue to give out, fork out money every year. But then they're going to get frustrated five, six years in and seeing like, oh, this isn't working, and they're just going to see this failed investments. I also think the whole thing, too, if that is happening, it's a little predatory. So, but, I mean, I don't know. And you could get some bad deals. You, you get some kids, you know, signing some bad deals um, where they're going to want future ROI, like if they get into the NFL or something like that. So, I don't know. But anyways, I, I'd say get anybody who's like, think Saban's crazy, I want to tell you one thing. You're the freaking crazy one. You are. You are. I'll say it to you. I'll say it to your face, too. 
All right, I, I, I'm sure I might be back. I'm sure I'll think of something that I forgot. But um, in the meantime, y'all stay breezy.